Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Daily Thread. It's a rainy day here in New York. Great umbrellas on the street. Um, a few things right now, actually, as we're recording this in the five towns, there's helicopters flying overhead because they're looking for somebody who was barefoot, potentially with a rifle. The, all the schools, the yeshivas are on lockdown. Right. Uh, the yeshivas, I think, all the yeshivas are on lockdown. Uh, even the yeshivas up as far as Cedarhurst and Woodbury are on lockdown. Yeah, well. Uh, some, according to the reports that we're receiving, uh, uh, police try to serve uh, an individual with a warrant in Far Rockaway or an in Inwood, actually. Yeah. And he ran out of the house. Uh, according to the description, uh, black male, barefoot, hoodie, uh, a beard and not the uh, best weather to do that today. I don't know. It's not the best way to not not the best weather to be flying a helicopter around either. I know. I don't know how much they can see from up there. To be honest, I don't see. I don't see any helicopters. I saw some pigeons, but I, maybe I those are the drones. <laughs> maybe they're pigeon drones. I didn't see. I didn't see anybody. Anyway, uh, so uh, hopefully they catch them by the time this comes out and everyone is all good. Yeah, we'll keep you posted tomorrow morning on whatever. Yes, or we'll that. keep you posted a little later today. Just sign up to the Daily Fed WhatsApp status, and we'll keep you updated in real time. Uh, something that. Our entire Daily Thread community is going a little bit crazy over is that you, yes. my father, Abba, yes. predicted the correct score of the USA game right, yesterday. Right, right. Uh, I was aware of that. Actually, I wasn't aware of it until I actually saw the replay of yesterday's Oh, program. you didn't watch it? No, the soccer game? I had it on. I had it down in my office without the sound. And every time they got close to the goal, I turned the volume By off. By the way, you can't watch it without the sound because... I have no idea. You only know if it's well, getting close to a goal a, by the announcer's voice going. Ah. I was busy. I was busy on the phone and uh, busy in meetings, and uh, it's annoying to people when you're talking to them and your eyes are kept shifting over to a computer screen. Oh my know? gosh! It happened. Me and Nissen were on a Zoom meeting yesterday, <laughs> and we were sitting here, yeah. and the the screen over there had the soccer game on. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and. Uh, we kept looking people over like that. People are very sensitive to we that. We kept looking over that, and, and uh, the person we had a meeting with is like, are you guys watching a game? And we're like, no, we're just looking out the window. We're people, just are very, people are very sensitive to that. You know, That's like the next worst thing to looking at your phone while you're talking to somebody is to have your eyes shift because it looks like, I can tell right away, you're looking at a screen. I, I, what I wanted to tell you yeah. about the, what I wanted to mention yesterday about the World Cup is that um, I read that uh, in China, they're broadcasting the World Cup but they show it with no people in the stands. Huh. And the reason, what's the reason why they show that? I'm guessing because they're still trying to show them no, that because the world is still COVIDized. You no, know, yes. In, Co in Qatar, at the World Cup, Qatar. there's no masks required. You don't have to wear masks. And in China, everyone has to wear a mask. So they want the Chinese people, 1.5 billion people, Chinese people, they want them to think that the whole world is still masked. So what they're asking people to do, the crackdown in China which is really coming to a, a point now. Of course, there's street protests and uh, there's big criticism. Uh, so they, uh, they, they don't want the, the Chinese people to see that the rest of the world is not wearing masks. Mm. They want them to think everyone's... That's yeah. so crazy. That is what censorship is. That's what dictatorship is. Um, uh, and, and the Biden administration is in a bind because so far today, even though they talk about democracy nonstop, they haven't criticized... China? Chinese crackdown on their people because guess what? Because it's going to come out. It's going to take another few days or another couple of weeks. China has a lot over the Biden family. They've been doing business with them for decades. I think uh, the Biden family has made billions of dollars from China, and China has them blackmailed. You should know there a couple of years ago, um, Dorsey, the GM for the Houston Rockets, yeah, at the time he had come out and said something. Uh, pretty bad about 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 the Chinese and when they were protesting in Hong Kong, 
And um, I think the NBA may have fined him, but LeBron James came out and condemned him. LeBron James is making a fortune they love off China. of China. They're making and and, and, they, and uh, they won't say a word about it. Who was it? Daryl Morey, not Dorsey. Daryl Morey, the GM of the Rockets. And the NBA commissioner, what's his name? Adam Silver. Adam Silver will not criticize China. Uh-uh. You know, they criticize... They need too much uh, money. Yeah, listen, but uh, where where is your commitment to uh, where is your commitment to freedom? You know, Ennis Cantor had to leave the NBA and change his name to Freedom. Yeah, He's you know what? Well, freedom. Uh, we'll continue this conversation in a second. But speaking of dictatorships and freedoms, one of the reasons we have so many freedoms here in our country in New York is because the Aguda and what the Aguda does for our Jewish community. Of America. They go to Israel of America. And this weekend, this coming weekend is the Aguda Convention. And you, my friend, if you're not going to be there, you should be watching it online. You can head to the agudaconvention.org. Um, the theme this year is speaking up. It's so ironic because in the Chinese, the Chinese can't speak up. The Iranians <laughs> can't speak up. But do you know who could speak up? We could speak up. And the Aguda speaks up for us. So go ahead and head to uh, the agudaconvention.org. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. Rabbanim, Askanim, Gadolim, and uh, it's it's something that you should be watching. That's what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be watching this weekend. I'm gonna, God willing, be there. You're gonna this be weekend. I'm, I'm gonna round up. So, not just gonna um, watch it. I'm gonna look for you on the screen. Okay, I'm gonna try to run in front of the camera. Okay, so I, I'd like to see if you're there. We're very easy to spot with the red hair, but uh, is that so? Probably a lot of redheads going today. I go to convention. Probably we'll see. I have a question for you. How many times a week do you think the average Jewish family eats out? It depends. It's it depends where. It depends what community, where, what part of the what country. What is that? What does it depend? What part of the world? Tri-state area. Know. The Jewish community. Jewish community. Yeah. That? I don't know. I don't know. Once, twice a week, maybe. Are you going to say it's every night? I don't know. I saw that the average cost of a meal um, right now is thirteen dollars. Eating at for home how, for how many people per person? I, I don't know. Let's say it's. I think it sounds like it's per thirteen dollars. The average. That, that's the average cost of eating takeout. So it's probably per person. The average cost at home is four dollars. So okay. it's like you want to save money, eat at home. I feel like eating takeout is like a big part of the Jewish community. You know? Oh well, you know I we I have thought, so many restaurants. I know, and the restaurants are full every night. Every and night, and they're very expensive, uh, especially today. Oh my gosh! You know, we go out with friends yeah. sometimes, and I think to myself, you know, we just had dinner for uh, for four without wine. Without a lot of multiple courses, and it's five hundred dollars yeah. to eat out, but and I you can't, my, and you don't blink. I think to myself afterwards, if I would have had two slices of pizza, I would have been just as full, you know. Yeah. And that would have cost uh, what ten dollars, fifteen dollars. I was in the city yesterday, and uh, oh, I really? wanted to, I wanted to grab a bottle of water, so I stopped by my favorite halal food truck <laughs> outside yeah. of the garden. You got water, and I got a bottle of water. You know how much that bottle of water cost me? Um, five dollars. Four dollars. Four dollars. Four dollars. And oh yeah, I went to Abigail's. I went to Abigail's in the Madison Square Garden. Me and Nissen. Yeah, well, we got a we got a couple of hot dogs. You did maybe a sausage, a pastrami sandwich. Yeah, two drinks. How much? Uh, I would say uh, the the hot dog has to be uh, ten bucks. I'm I'm telling you to give me a total price for let's say it was two hot dogs, uh, three hot dogs, a sausage, three hot dogs. pastrami sandwich, uh, um, and two drinks. Uh, Sixty dollars. One hundred and five dollars. Oh wow. One hundred and five dollars. Well, listen, they got you. They got you where they want. You have you. no chance. You gotta they just got you where you want you when you're in the Madison Square Garden. I know. You know it's like, what are you gonna do? Not get food? What are you gonna do? You're gonna call Uber Eats and they should find you in the garden. It's not a bad idea. But you think I, if I guess one to four, one to four amount of times. How, what are the average of a Jewish family takeout a week? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I think there's a tendency to 
I mean, I think a lot of firm families, we're talking about firm families, okay, religious families, there's a pattern to how they eat, okay? Shabbos, an extraordinary amount of food is generally prepared. Okay? Sunday leftovers? Sunday you have leftovers. Okay, sometimes Sun- Monday also. Sometimes Monday too, depending <laughs> on <laughs> where you're from. Leftovers you have. Tuesday, you know, Tuesday. Tuesday's like a dairy night, no? No, 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 no. Thursday's a dairy night. There's two dairy nights a week. You know what? My mother. Oh, should, let's uh, hear about the Crown Heights meals. My, uh, no, my mother, we had, we had that kind of pattern. Sunday was leftovers, and Thursday night, um, Thursday night it was like tuna croquettes with 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 spaghetti. Oh, that just got me nauseous. Oh, why? That was great. I looked tuna croquettes. To that. Yes, you know what a tuna croquette is. You know what a croquette is? It's like a. It's like a latka. Yeah, cut <laughs> little and it's too, made with tuna, and and then she always made chocolate pudding on Thursday night. I love chocolate pudding. Till this day, I love chocolate pudding, but I can't find any chocolate pudding anywhere. Go to you can't go to Gourmet Glad and get chocolate. Yeah, that's that's what they call that. That's mousse. I want chocolate pudding, you know, chocolate pudding where the the the, the hard uh, shell forms on top of the pudding and underneath is soft pudding. That's that takes me home. If anybody can make my father a good <laughs> chocolate pudding, please let us know. You know, so that w- that was Thursday night, and of course, what was know, Thursday night? That was pudding, croquettes. That was the spaghetti and the croquettes. There's no no pizza. You know, we didn't have uh, you know uh, bronzini, bronzino like they have today. You know, uh, filet bronzino with didn't exist. With, I don't know. I think the, the the fish in those days had better security than they have today. <laughs> today it's open season on all the fish all the time. Another story that I want to mention is the Sam Sam Saltz is the first Shomer Shabbos college football player. In his new role with the with the Aggies, Saltz joins the ranks of other from Jew, Jews competing in professional sports. Uh, here's a video of Sam dancing on the sideline. Uh, Texas A&M, I think. Aggies. Okay, uh, he's a, he's, you've never seen a from a guy wearing a yarmulke in football before. Okay, I have some it's information amazing. about. I have some information about that. Okay, I spoke with someone yesterday. I'm not going to reveal who. Yeah. Uh, because I think it was a private conversation, so I'm not going to identify the personalities involved. But he said that um, uh, within the ranks of uh, of the higher ups in the from community, there is a consensus developing among some of the rabbis. That Ryan Terrell should not wear his yarmulke when he plays. What? Uh, that's why. That's the feeling. The feeling is that the playing on Shabbos is a uh, very questionable. It's borderline. So one thing you're saying when he plays on Shabbos, he shouldn't wear it. Or he shouldn't wear it ever. He shouldn't wear it in general. He, generally speaking, he can't. What? What? Do you, what where do you want to get him into a corner where he? You're going to have him uh, uh, wear his yarmulke during the week and not wear it on Shabbos. That's I don't upside know. Why, down. Why would he not wear it? Why? Because uh, you know it's because the 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 uh, I I I'll find out if I'm free to identify the people that. Uh, you don't have to identify. It, I'm just it, curious it, why it was, what the, was, what the it, was, was. it was published somewhere, but it was an internal publication shared by a few people, uh, and they felt that I'm not saying that he's machal. I just said to the person that I'm speaking to that you can't say it's machal. It's chul Shabbos. It's not that he's desecrating Shabbos. Yeah, because you know you can walk uh, anywhere in Brooklyn or in the Five Towns or in, in in certain parts of Muncie, and you'll see kids playing basketball in their in their driveways on right. Shabbos. What's the difference? He's bouncing the ball, and inside the arena, the arena is certainly a rishus hayachad once he gets in there. Okay, you know? I don't understand the Amica thing. Oh, because it's it, what's the Amica thing? The Amica thing they're concerned about sending a message to the youth. 
to the Jewish youth of America. Oh, uh, I hear. You see, mm. and and, yeah. and and if he and if he try and if he does his best to keep Shabbos, and he'll say he keeps Shabbos successfully, but he doesn't wear his yarmulke. You know that's great for him, but it doesn't have to send the message that you could push the uh, push the envelope, so to speak, or you know try to uh, uh, widen the. The, the lines, the parameters of Shabbos observance. It is interesting that we're seeing so many uh, observant Jews. So many. It's a few. Right, but it's a few more than it's ever been. Wearing yarmulkes in professional sports, college football. Never seen that so, before. You know, this is a, this, I'm sure you're going to get feedback on this, because, but this is a classical, uh, this is a classical substan substantial debate, you know, whether he should be wearing a yarmulke or not be wearing a yarmulke. What kind of message does that send? If there if there's halachic like again I'm not gonna well, you, get involved see, in the halacha part you, of it even but within the confines of halacha you're gonna find people that have different opinions you know chaluk I'm sure that he I'm sure that he uh, he you know advises with somebody well you know in terms of Jewish observance we let, let me we we discussed for a minute ago I was gonna ask you how you how do you know you're Jewish you know, how does a, how does a person? I'll tell you why I'm asking you that. The question. You, you know, you're Jewish because your mother was Jewish, and you know she's Jewish because her mother was Jewish, and and going all the way back, a, a person halachically, whether they're Jewish or not, is determined by whether their mother was 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 a Jew. Okay, mm -hmm. that's the that's the standard fundamental uh, halacha. The thing that's holding up an agreement between Bibi Netanyahu and Likud and United Torah Judaism is how to define who is entitled uh, under the law of return. But law of return, this is the old old argument, going back to the founding of the state of Israel. It's an old, old argument. By the, the What's unique about the state of Israel, that any Jew, sitting here in Cedarhurst, or in Los Angeles, or in Houston, any Jew is entitled by virtue of just going to Eretz Israel, of claiming citizenship to Israel by virtue of the fact that he's a Jew. Okay. okay? Yeah. Okay, that's a, good, that's a good policy to have, right? Makes sense. Here's the next question. Who's a Jew? Who is a Jew? Or like is Matt a, Walsh, what is a woman? <laughs> who is a who is a Jew? Oh, oh, don't forget. Now the 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 Likud, Netanyahu, and his negotiators would like to give in to the religious Jews and say that a Jew is a um, uh, a person is halakhically Jewish if he has a Jewish mother. But then he runs the risk of alienating a large majority of American Jews because the reform movement in America holds that you're a Jew if your mother or father is Jewish. You can have a non-Jewish mother, and if you have a father that's Jewish, you're considered a Jew. Yeah. And the Likud, the, is, the state of Israel, doesn't want to risk marginalizing and alienating uh, so many millions of American Jews who are not uh, observant of uh, scrupulously of halacha, but they see an interpretation of Jewish law differently. So that's what the, the holdup right now is between uh, uh, Netanyahu and the UTJ, United Torah Judaism, um, uh, having an agreement. So you think you're going to have this great right-wing government, you're going to have increased in Shabbos observers in the state of Israel, but it's not so easy. That's that's a lot. It's a lot to... It's a, listen, that debate is going on uh, from 1948, from the founding of the state. And the, the Here we thing are. is, me Yehudi, who is a Jew? Who's considered a Jew? Yeah. Um, this just in from Yeshiva World, the rest of the suspect in the Jerusalem bombings terrorist was taken into custody. Right. Uh, and a significant development in the, in the investigation of last week's double bombing in Yerushalayim, Israel, which killed two Israel police in Shimbet overnight and Tuesday arrested several suspects of involvement in the attacks. Security forces have been on high alert since the attack due to fears that terrorists would try to perpetrate another attack before being caught, such as a terrorist who carried out a shooting attack near Malia Dumim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
these are the first suspects to be arrested for these deadly bombings, which took the lives of Tadessa Truma and uh, Arya Shupak Alvasham. Last week, the Jerusalem Magistrate's Court approved a police request to place a gag order on further details of the investigation. Mm-hmm. So there are people, you know, under under arrest for mm-hmm. those attacks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in all likelihood, they'll probably just sit in Israeli prison, and yeah, Arabs are going to try uh, to kidnap a soldier, and then... Uh, no, it's not just that. It's that plus. It's that plus the fact that... Uh, Whoever they arrested their family will get uh, a weekly check from the Palestinian Authority, who gets all their most of their money from the United States and the Europeans. So it's a it's a chain. It's a corrupt chain that uh, flows all the way back to uh, commitment commitment of terrorism and ending young people's lives uh, very tragically and uh, and very suddenly. From Israel inside, the New York health officials worry that polio will strike again in the. Hasidic enclave. Experts are alarmed that dozens of wastewater samples in Rockland County have tested positive for the paralytic polio virus linked to a case in the area this summer. And I quote, you don't find polio just willy-nilly in wastewater in the United States 40 years after er eradication, said Dr. Ellie Rosenberg, the state's polio response coordinator. Complicating matters are residents who believe polio is a hoax and are skeptical of vaccines. County officials are responding with educational pamphlets in Yiddish and information hotline. That is, um, that's not good. It's a, listen, you know, in the aftermath of COVID and the COVID vaccines and the way they were rushed onto the market, there was a certain segment of the population in the firm community that was also always skeptical about the um, vaccines. About vaccines because there are there are side effects. It's not it's uh, uh, we're not medical practitioners, but if you speak to doctors, some some doctors they'll tell you that there definitely are potential side effects to um, to vaccines. And it includes serious things like autism. It includes, uh, I'm uh, not going to say weird, but I was, I, was in a, I was in a hospital not too long ago. You were visiting somebody, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it was a cold. I was, I was visiting someone in the that hospital. That was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the doctor said to me, he said, are you, are you vaccinated? Uh-huh. And that's I, that's post COVID. That's COVID. No, it's, it's COVID re- related. Yeah, for for a COVID vaccine, I said no, not yet. So, and he said to me, he's like, "Don't do it. Don't do it. You can hear from me, but don't do it." <laughs> I was like, "That's a scandal." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Off the record, don't do it." And I'm not saying what people should or shouldn't do. I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to get onto that. The, no, but I want to say this. Pre COVID, pre COVID, there was a segment of the population. I'm not saying it's necessarily in the Hasidic community, but that's where it seems to land all the time. And Whoa, it, it is old. That's where it seems to end. Anywhere uh, it seems to land. They're we very, they're, they're they're very health conscious, and and they and and there are side effects. Uh, there's there's like I said, sometimes some people say it's autism, sometimes it's learning disabilities, sometimes it's food allergies. You know that all comes as an outgrowth of whatever is in those vaccines. There's Look at the ingredients in those vaccines. I took the COVID vaccines. I took two of them, and I took a booster. And you got COVID. Not because I wanted to get the shots. I wanted to go. And to then Israel. you got COVID. I wanted to go to Israel, yeah. which in the end they didn't let me go anyway, right. uh, because the whole country was closed down. But that's a that's a different story. But um, they, um, they there are side effects. There are side effects to it. I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but uh, you know, I went to uh, I got my booster, yeah. and I went to uh, I went to Chapatone for an organization somewhere upstate New York, and in the middle of the night, Friday night, I feel like my lips feel like they're kind of big, you know? No way, I didn't know about this. Uh, I, I don't have big lips, do I? No. So, but I, I started feeling, I said, this feels not, not like my lips. And I went into the bathroom to look in the mirror, 
And my lips were huge. You just had gotten the vaccine? I just got a vaccine on Wednesday, and this was Friday night. Oh, oh my God. I know what I was going to And I was away from home. What was I going to do? What would you do? Gonna say, first of all, it's a good thing I had a mask. <laughs> it's a good thing I had a mask. What do you do? Nobody was wearing masks except me all of a sudden. What do you do? Well, I, I went to speak to the Hatsala guy who happened to be the case. In the middle of the night? No, I waited until the morning, you know, oh, like 7 a.m. Nice and risky. And uh, he t- he said he, he he sent one of the one of the waiters, one of the non Jewish guys, out to get Benadryl. And I took the Benadryl, and uh, he said if the Benadryl doesn't work, you have to go for steroids to the hospital. So, uh, but I took the Benadryl, and I felt like two three hours later it started to go down gradually. Okay, that's good. I wore good. my mask most of the day, you know, because I had these these. But that was a side effect. Uh, uh, that was a visible side effect of the booster. That's crazy. I looked at the ingredients in the vaccines and the boosters. I didn't recognize any of the uh, ingredients except for one, cholesterol. I don't need anybody putting cholesterol into my body, you know? <laughs> I don't need additional cholesterol. We're gonna get, people are going to think we're anti-vax and we're going to get killed on no, here. No, I, 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 I took vaccines. I'm not anti-vax. There's plenty of people I know that didn't take the vaccine. Yeah, I believed in it. I took it. I thought it was a great thing. Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. The Trump administration, they rushed it up. It definitely saved lives, I think. For sure. But also hurt a lot of people, too. It's very possible. But, you know, what can I tell you? Uh, driving in cars and riding bicycles oh, is a great thing, too. But it also hurts people sometimes. Yeah. Ali Mary tweeted last night, 75 years ago today, the UN voted to partition the land into two states, one Jewish and the other Arab. Jewish leaders accepted the plan, and Israel will celebrate its 75th Independence Day in April. Arab leaders rejected it, and the state of Palestine is still waiting to be born. That's what we, It's that, so funny. I uh, I saw a video. I, I If I can find it, I'll show it, but I don't know where I saw it. But I, found, I saw a video yesterday. There was a an Israeli reporter in Qatar uh, reporting on the World Cup. Right. And uh, one of the uh, a Palestinian uh, went up to him and said, who are you here reporting for? And he said, I'm here for Israel. Uh-huh. And the Palestinian man started, uh, you know, yelling at him and harassing him, saying how how uh, occupation and you guys are murderers and uh, you're not here for Israel, you're here for Palestine. And the the Israeli reporter says to him, "Oh, what time is what time is the Palestinian team playing? Yeah, what time? <laughs> did you have a team? Does Palestine have a There's team? No team. No. There's no Palestinian. I saw team. another video where they there were some some people from from uh, Qatar, some of the local people were roughing up a reporter." He was telling us he's Egyptian. He was reporting for Egypt, but they didn't well, believe him. The, they the, thought it was Israeli. The Iranians, last night after the match, the pro-regime versus the anti-regime were, were going at it. In Iran, the Iranians? Yeah, in, in, in Qatar. But anyways, the Israeli reporter um, was screaming at this this Palestinian, saying to him, we've survived every single one of the people who tried to take us down, and we're going to be here forever. I'm forever going to be Israeli, and you're not going to stop it, and no one's going to stop it. You know what Abi even said about the Palestinians when he was the UN, Israel's ambassador to the UN, he says the Palestinians have never lost uh, an opportunity to snatch, to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Huh. Got it? I mean, they, they had opportunities to have, they, to have many, land. Many have opportunities. Uh, some Israeli leaders like uh, Ehud Barak and Ehud Omar. A real Sharon. They're willing to give everything away. Yeah. And, uh, and and when they did give things away, like Sharon and Gaza. Sharon offered, besides for Gaza, he ordered, what, 70% of, of, uh, of East Jerusalem? It's, it's a big mistake. It, obviously, it was a big mistake, but you can only see it when you, when you look back. Talking about, you know, roughing up reporters that they think are Israeli that are really Egyptian. During the Crown Heights riots in the mm-hmm. early 1990s, uh, I think on St. John's Place, which is 
after Eastern Parkway, if you know Crown Heights, because it used to be if you went past Eastern Parkway, you were taking your life into your own hands. But now, just from people living in all those streets after Eastern Parkway, Baruch Hashem. If, uh, if you didn't put on tefillin yet, you're still taking your life into your own hands. The community has uh, expanded uh, tremendously. But there was a there was a man that was murdered. Uh, uh, Rosen, Rosenboom. No, Rosen? no, no, no. It was, that's what started the riots. But there was a man that was murdered just because he had a long beard and he wasn't even Jewish. He was an Italian man. He happened to live there. Really? And they, they, they killed him because he had a beard. So, uh, so much for, uh, you know, uh, trying to uh, find your, your your victims based on these externals that are really meaningless. Yeah. What well, else you got? I think, I mean, that's pretty much it. There's a lot happening in the world. All right, so else? we, we no, we have to... Uh, Today's Wednesday, right? Uh, and tomorrow's December 1st, uh, believe it or not. Yeah. That's like, uh, it's going to be midwinter before you know it. Oh, I should say we have two weddings tonight, by the way. Oh. We have two. It's very rare to have two weddings that you have to go to, in a way. But they're both Machatanim, uh making weddings, one in New Jersey and one in uh, Williamsburg. How are you going to handle that? I'm going to go to two weddings. I'm not going to go the same at the same time to both weddings. You know, so, sometimes, you know, you split up, you know. I can go to one and even go to the other. But no, we're going to one first and we're going to the second second. So mm -hmm. we'll be for one we'll, one will be at the at the reception. Maybe you should the, call Yankee Geller to drive you. Maybe if he wants to that'd be great uh, if he could take us and just wait for us. Save me a lot of time. I'll Give probably him a call. do that. Preferred van and preferred services. Lot, preferred van. Preferred van and services, yeah. Preferred van and services. So um you know, I'm gonna go to the one in there's one in Passaic. I'm gonna go there first. Okay. Then I'm going to go after the chuppah. I'm going to go to Williamsburg and spend the rest, back of the rest of the evening there. I hear you. So hear that's you. Uh, that's always a, that's a challenge, and there's um, a, lot, lot, a lot of simchas coming up. Baruch Hashem. Thank God, only simchas. Keep uh, keep those going. We have uh, shabbat brachos then in a couple of days, and then uh, some other things happening that we'll report on. Uh, yeah, and something that we're going to implement real soon here at Daily Thread is that we're going to be able to take phone calls. So. Uh, we're going to have a number that you can call in if you want to be featured on our program. And we're going to be speaking to people as well. So stay tuned for that. But the first, thing you need to, the first thing you need to do is sign up to the Daily Thread via WhatsApp. Hit the link in the description, the show notes. If you want to advertise on this program, please message us on WhatsApp. If you'd like to email us, you can send us an email at thedailythread at meaningfulminute.org. Uh, we're very excited to come back at you with another episode tomorrow making that fourth one for this week. We're on a roll. Right. We're, we're killing these. That's right. We're knocking them out. Feeling good, not feeling good. Bad weather, good weather. And the great thing is we're hearing from people from all over the planet. Yeah, it's incredible. It really, really is incredible. So we love hearing your feedback. Uh, a lot of passionate responses about the Aliyah conversation we had, and we definitely will pick up on that and continue yeah, it. I know up. a family, the Walberms in Staten Island, which I mentioned in the other episode, um, they had thoughts on what we mentioned. Uh, they were happy that we discussed it. Should I read their feedback? Do you want to hear it? Uh, sure, you could read it. Then we should have we should reach out to some people once you have your phone set up here that made Aliyah uh, recently and then years ago and how uh, how life has changed for them. I think that'll be an interesting feature too. Right. Okay. So somebody wrote here in response. Um, I disagree with what your father said very strongly in terms of blaming Eretz Yisrael on marketing itself as a tourist destination versus the Torah of making Aliyah. But that's fine. It was a very nice episode. Um, I just want to add my two cents as well. I think it does a disservice to the Israeli government to frame it like that. They literally pay people to move here. They never stopped Aliyah during they never stopped Aliyah during Corona, right. despite the whole country being locked down. Right. They definitely encourage people to make Aliyah. They give us a decent amount of support through social programs and Nefesh Nefesh, which is founded by Israeli government. Um, obviously, they get something out of it. It isn't for some in the government. It is. Um, 
It isn't religiously motivated, but there is no one who believes more in Yeshua of Israel than the Israelis. There's a person that lives in Israel? Yeah, there's a person that moved. Uh, listen, there's nothing wrong with being But they a said, I want to finish. They said, but really in the same breath, your father said basically that it wasn't a value instilled in him by his parents. His normal was visiting when they did, but moving there wasn't even talked about. And I think he hit the nail on the head when I probably rant most about. It's not a value taught explicitly in yeshivas. It's about time that it is. Well, listen, you know, if yeshivas encourage everybody to go aliyah, yeshivas would be empty. <laughs> within five or ten years uh, you know everybody I has think to that, watch I think that again doubling down on our infrastructure here building the most beautiful shul and bati midrashim and everything we're yeah. like we're very invested in America so, like we're building the fanciest restaurants here in America so what do you think we think it's, bad, think it's the wrong thing to do I mean like why maybe we should be invested in, in like I don't know well, it, the shuls the shuls the bati midrashim and the, and the shuls are going to be flying over to Eretz Yisrael when Mashiach comes Okay. The only problem is what part of the country they're going to land in. You know, you know, everyone wants to be in Yerushalayim. So, anyway, but I call that, dibs on Rechav, yeah. That 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 takes uh, that takes care of that particular. Uh, what about the restaurants? Uh, I don't know about the restaurants. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't. How about know. American we, Dream Mall. We have to look into that. I, I don't know. They're probably going to get uh, have to give it over to some non-Jews and get compensated for it. But they're gonna, whoever's going to buy it from them is going to overpay tremendously. Yeah, because, hopefully. You know, because that's what Mashiach time is all about. Okay. Well, we look forward to tomorrow morning waking up and hearing the chauffeur blast and heading on our eagles over to Ben Gurion. There's no eagles. It's it's seven eighty seven. Oh, you're just yes. a little scared. You're a little scared of flying on the back of an eagle. No, there's no. It means it means an airplane. Oh, that's uh, I don't, it, means, it means a seven. Don't get nervous. It's okay. It you can fly an eagle. It means a dreamliner. A dreamliner. Yeah, you're not you're not flying on an eagle. Why not? Because there's not that much room on the back of an eagle. You gotta take a lot of people over there. You haven't seen you one of those Mashiach. You haven't seen one of those no, Mashiach the, eagles. The, the miracle is the entire the entire aircraft is gonna be business class. So <laughs> is that the miracle? That's the miracle. Shout out Kenny Rosenberg. You better get <laughs> crack a lacking on those seats. Anyways, we'll be back at you tomorrow with another episode. Have a great day.